Welcome to episode 368 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter and Touched by Type 1. You can go to touchedbytype1.org to learn more about my favorite diabetes organization or contournext.com forward slash juice box to learn more about the blood glucose meter that my daughter uses. I find it to be small, easy to use, easy to use at night. Easy to get a second reading from if you don't quite get enough blood the first time, right? They've got those kinds of test strips, and it fits nicely in whatever you carry your diabetes gear in. The Contour Next One blood glucose meter is spectacular for accuracy, and I think you should check it out. So while you're busy listening to Benny's mom, Allison, today talk about a number of things, including social media around diabetes, being hopeful, and a lot of other stuff, actually... Remember this, nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your medical plan or becoming bold with insulin. My name is Allison. I am the mom to uh, my daughter, who is six, and my son, uh, Benjamin, who we call Benny, who is my type 1 diabetic. Um, and he is uh, four and a half. Excellent. Benny is four and a half. And how old uh, was he when he was diagnosed? Is that Benny? Um, he, yes, that's him. Bye. See you later. <laughs> He's going out with his babysitter right now. Nice. Yeah. How he old was, was also, How old was he when he was diagnosed? Who, the babysitter? He, Wait, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Let's not get crazy for a second. Hold on. Let me slow down. All right, yeah. give me Benny. Benny was how old when he was diagnosed? Benny was diagnosed last March. So it'll be 10, I don't know, 10, like months? 10 months. Yes. And how did you find a type 1 babysitter? So we actually, where I live in New Jersey, we have a great uh, type 1 diabetic like mom group community. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of found her through the grapevine. And one of our friends recommended her, and she's amazing. Um, Very nice. So, yeah. So, we've had her for about six months now, too. Interesting question. Did Mm -hmm. the babysitter know more about diabetes than you did? Or did she think of it different? I I assume she. That was sexist of me. I apologize. Is the babysitter? It is. is, Yes. She's uh, it. I I mean, I I, I was right. Okay. But that's fine. Um, But... Uh, how is it? Know, that's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. That's why I asked it. Because she did not know about your podcast. And I found your podcast maybe two or three days after we came home from the hospital. Well, wow. how did that yes. happen? I think a little bit of desperation. <laughs> <laughs> Dear internet. <laughs> please, please. Um. Yeah, so so she wasn't really she didn't know about the techniques that you talked about. Okay. And I had already known, so we had a we had a bit of different management styles. Mhm. And what ends up happening is it turn into an employee employer situation where you're like just do it this way please or do you kind of let her roll her way or how do you guys handle that? I 
a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both. I definitely give her a lot of leeway, um, but I don't let things get crazy. Obviously, I don't let him hang out in the 250s, 300s when she's with him. Um, and she always asks me before, you know, can I give him insulin? I need to treat this low. So I would say it's a good mix. Nice. And she and she understands the, you know, the the overarching ideas between, you know, about what's wrong, why, how you would fix it, why you wouldn't want something to stay one way or the other. And so it's good, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is that she doesn't panic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what's super important to me. Can she charge more for having diabetes skills? She can. Does and she? she and she, and she does, which is good for her. <laughs> So like a diabetes tax on the on the hourly rate. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. And we have two dogs too, so she also deals with that. Oh my so. god. Oh, I, it's too She's much. paid very well. Let She's me just tell you, well. if I had to take care of your two children and your dogs, and one of the kids had diabetes, <laughs> I would want somewhere around $150 an hour. <laughs> yeah. I wish I was paid $150 an hour. I'd be like, listen, I can watch your kids for a thousand dollars a day round if we keep it under the yep. table. <laughs> but if we're gonna pay taxes, I'm more in the fifteen hundred range because you've got these dogs and these kids, and it's a lot of work. No, I'm just I'm joking. But it that's can be very chaotic. Cool. Of course, that's very cool. So, do you have yeah. a babysitter because um, you day drink or you have a job? So uh, I don't currently work. Mm-hmm. Um, I have our babysitter come once a week. So when Benny was first diagnosed, it was crazy, obviously. Mm. That's what happens to everyone. I pulled him out of pre-K. I quit my job. I, our whole world shifted Mm -hmm. when he was diagnosed, uh, which I'm pretty sure happens to everyone. And uh, so I have her come so that he, he's in pre-K in the afternoons and he gets to spend some time with someone else who's not me in the mornings, yeah. which I think he enjoys. I would like to spend some time away from my mom when I was younger. Actually. <laughs> so you're saying you're trying to pass this off as this is for Benny, not for you. And I like, by the way, that when I asked if you day drink, you did not say no, Scott. I did not get a I didn't. <laughs> no, I'm totally day drinking right now. <laughs> right now. Um, no, but that's cool. So it's so that you get a babysitter once a week to give yourself a break and give him a break and let everybody sort of, you know, find their it's own also space. It's nice because, yeah, sorry to cut you off, but no. she has, because she has diabetes, I don't have to think about diabetes for the couple hours that she's with him. Mm-hmm. It's a little mental health thing. It's a little mental health thing. Yeah, I, for sure. I, I, I'm down. I like it. Okay. Um, let's start slow. Benny was diagnosed but he was only diagnosed 10 months ago. You found the podcast very quickly, which is interesting. Yes. Did you, was that seriously through a Google thing or did you ask a person? To be, no, it was not through a person. It was definitely through Google or, you know, just searching, you know, type one diabetes on Apple podcasts. Gotcha. Um, what kind of technology is Benny using? So Benny is MDI and he has a Dexcom. He's had a Dexcom Honestly, for about seven months, eight months. Mm-hmm. How are you finding that that method? We like it. We're used to it. He is sort of a creature of habit. Mm-hmm. And so he is really comfortable with the shots. Eventually, I mean, pretty soon, 
now he's only in school half day. But when he moves to school, you know, when he goes to kindergarten next year and he's in school for the whole day, I'd like him to be on a pump. Thinking about a pump. Yeah. Where do you inject mostly? Is it arms, legs, stomach? What sites do you use? So our endocrinologist just asked us this. <laughs> and we mostly do his arms. It's really where he'll let us do it, gotcha. to be honest. And we want him to be comfortable, so I don't really try and push it. Mm-hmm. And it I, works. Yeah, it I works hear. well for us. Are they worried that it's being overused? The spots? I do. Uh, but then I remember, you know, Right now he'll just stick out his arm and let us give us a shot. Let us give him a shot. Mm. But I don't really want to hold him down again to try and give him a shot in his legs or his butt. So yeah. we don't do that to him. So back of the arms, do you think it's out of sight, out of mind because you're behind him? Do you think it's easier for him? I always used to think that. Like Arden Kit couldn't see it as much, so it felt more relaxing to her. But I'm yeah. not sure. And I think it's just habitual at this point. Well, so I'm really interested in this. Take a little bit of a mm-hmm. sidebar for a second, because sure. Arden was obviously really young when she was diagnosed. And just like you said, like you, you build a habit with something like there, you start putting a pump somewhere and then that seems like that's where the pump goes after a while. Like it's a rule almost. Right. And then you say, Hey, let's put it here now. And they're like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. that's not where it goes. And right, that, exactly. and, it, and it brings anxiety. We actually got really lucky. <laughs> this is going to sound weird for a second. But Arden had to have a cyst removed, Um, you know, so she had to have surgery and they were going to go in laparoscopically through her, like a couple of small holes they made in her stomach. Actually, they made two in her stomach and one right in her belly button, which was freaky weird. And, um, and so she wears her pumps on her stomach a lot. And I'm always like, Hey, let's try other places. And she's stomach, stomach, like either side of her um, belly button and then her thighs, but her thighs don't work great. And so I'm always like, you know, we got to go back to your arms a little bit, which we hadn't done since she was really little. And she ended up getting away from because it was tough to play softball with it on her arms because she was swinging her arms and she felt like the pod would wobble and it felt like it was pulling and she didn't like that. So I'm saying we don't get as good of control on the legs as we do on your stomach and we can't just keep using your stomach forever. And I, you know, explain the whole thing to her about why she understands why you can't just use the same places over and over again. And then when I'm like, let's use your arm. She's like, no, like right away. I don't want to do that. It, you can see it. It, 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 it heightens her anxiety. It makes her, it makes her frightened. So sure. when she gets the surgery, we go in for the pre-op consultation. And I said to the doctor, so, you know, she has an insulin pump. Um, we can put it on her legs, her stomach, or her arms, obviously it can't be on the stomach for the surgery. Where would you prefer? And because he, because the surgery was going to be happening on her sides, they just didn't want it on her legs because they didn't want to lean on it or something like that. So the guy's like arm. And I just, it was so hard for me to hold my smile in when he said <laughs> arms. I was like, well, if that's what you want, we'll work that out. And I looked over at her super seriously. And as soon as he left the room, she looked at me and she's like, you're enjoying this because I have to use my arms for the, and I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about, but I was so happy, you know? Um, Your daughter is about to have surgery and you're smiling. Because I finally figured out a way to get her pump onto her arm. I was like, woo, I win. You know? And uh, like, it was some sort of like a, an endurance. Like I was like, I I sweated her out finally. And um, she's been back and forth on our arms now for a couple of weeks and she doesn't mind it. So the only thing we have left to get over is, 
her wanting to not like it, if that makes right. sense, you know, because she's yeah, older. Yeah, of course. Um, and this morning we changed her pod before she went to school. And she's like, I think I could put it back on my stomach now. I was like, I don't know. I think it needs more time. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, but anyway, this is a big problem for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, because you just get so kind of like, and it's, I, I don't think it's something people think about, but it happens with injections too, with kids, you know? Um, when I was growing up, my friend Mike would just bang them into his stomach like it was nothing. Um, a lot of adults do their stomach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, it, it's from just, what I've seen. Yeah. It, they just grab a little fat and they're like, bang, they, they, they seem to think nothing. They don't even it. flinch. Right. My point. Yeah, he won't. He won't do that. No. Uh, well, my point in telling the story is that you have to look for an avenue somewhere. Like you hear me joke with people sometimes, like, you know, you just buy them off, like give them money or toys. Like I, a woman recently got her kid to use an insulin pump by buying them like a Lego set. <laughs> I was like, there's, I know. I don't see anything bribery, wrong with that. <laughs> bribery is the key to parenting. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you want to do it easy instead of well, it's 100%. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, anyway. Um, so you are on the show today. I remember you wanted to talk about um, kind of like fear, anxiety, and social media, like that kind of mix. Am I right about that? Yeah. T tell me what made you reach out. So when Benny was first diagnosed, I remember coming out of the hospital in a daze. Mm -hmm. I was just in a daze. And our endocrinologist, I have to say, was really great. You know, he came into the room on the first day of diagnosis and he said, listen, Benjamin is a healthy kid with diabetes. And in a lot of ways to us, that's how we live and it's true for us. Um, but I couldn't pull myself out of the days. Mm -hmm. And so part of what I did was I went online, I found your podcast People told me to join support groups and go online and find the Facebook group for your town or join all these Facebook groups. And so I did that. And I, I mean, he was home from pre-K, so he was, he was home a lot with me in the beginning. And I remember just sort of scrolling through social media. And I remember it's actually scaring me a lot. I think it, sometimes it made things worse. Um, I was looking for some sort of answer for it to be okay. Mm -hmm. And when I went online, I was like, oh my God, everyone else is freaking out too. And they're still freaking out. <laughs> uh, so it was like, are they gonna, do we come out of this? Uh. Is there always, is there always, is there another side to this? Mm -hmm. And from what I could, from what I was reading, I couldn't see that, which was funny because when I listened to our podcast, I remember uh, the first time I listened to your podcast, it, Benjamin was taking a bath. So he was in the bathtub and it was his first few days out of diagnosis. I was looking at him and when you come out of the hospital, you're sort of, and this sounds horrible, but you're sort of ready for them to sort of, you're sort of ready for something really bad to happen at any second. And I just remember watching him and listening to your podcast and thinking, man, this guy is, he's so calm. Why is he so calm? He should be freaking out too. <laughs> I can freak out if and, you want me to, but I don't think it'll no. help anything. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know what I mean? You were just, you were talking about diabetes, like it was diabetes. Mm -hmm. And 
I hadn't really encountered that anywhere else. Okay. Well, I didn't know how you were going to answer the question. And I'm not going to lie. I'm excited about how you answered the question. Because oh, good. I'm glad. Yes, I'm glad that's your response. And, I, and I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why. Because, first of all, it's the internet, right? People don't go to the internet to say great things. Um, that's course. not what the internet's for. The internet's for, listen, it's for email, it's for pornography, and it's for complaining. <laughs> that's what the internet is for, as near as I can tell. And dating, mm-hmm. now that uh, the, the app world is. And that's not even the internet. It is, but. And I that mean, doesn't even work well, so. Well. Everyone, you know, what, most don't, people, don't you love it once in a while where you're like, we met on Tinder and we're married now. I'm like, you're the one story of that, aren't you? But okay. Um, <laughs> Talk to you in a couple of years. It's more like I, I met someone on Tinder. Now I hide in my house. Uh, but but no, but seriously, I know nothing about dating on Tinder. Um, and I hope not uh, to have neither, to find out. I am mar- we're both married. Yeah. So, yeah odds are, though, at some point, answer. at some point, Kelly's going to get sick of me and leave. So <laughs> I'm probably going to have to keep abreast of this a little bit. But but no, my but my serious point is that. Um, there are so I think there's levels of thought, right? You can sure. you can look at a problem and see the surface, and that's easy. Most people can see the surface. Every once in a while, somebody gets confused and think they see one thing when they see another thing. You know, we talk about that sometimes, like the pencil in the pocket kind of an idea, like right, you think you know what you're seeing. But when you start chipping away at ideas, there's levels after levels after levels, and things compound and they and they come in from all different angles and perspectives and, and change the problem. Um, things are not easy. Nothing is easy to understand, right? You need a wide view. You need to be yeah. calm. But most people look at something, make a snap judgment, and then that's what they think of it. And mm-hmm. in, the, you know, in the diabetes space in general, you know, there are some people who talk about it really thoughtfully. And you know, that's why I love Jenny. Because Jenny breaks things down, she she thinks on levels, she sees what impacts, you know, from from places you don't notice. But then there's just some people who say things like, "Don't share your graph online; it makes people sad." I'm like, mm, right. how do you know that? It made you sad. That doesn't mean it makes people sad. It means it makes you sad, and you have a blog. So now that's a rule. You you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't get that. And then I heard from someone recently. Uh oh, do you mind doing Arden's lunch real quick? No, go hold ahead. On a second. Hold this my is thought. Exciting. Is it? All right. Hold on a second. Um, first, I have to find out if she's hungry because she's in the middle to the end of her period and she has not been as hungry lately. We bolused oh, really God. heartily for dinner last night. She's like, I could eat all this. Gave her the insulin. And like three seconds later, she's like, I don't want this soup. I was like, You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and now her friends are sending me pictures of themselves instead of, instead of, Answering my question oh, about it's, it's past the phone time at school. Yes, yeah, I'm getting photos of people. Not insanely is the answer to my question. Are you hungry? Sometime today, I want you to head over to touchedbytype1.org to find out more about my favorite diabetes organization. Their mission, of course, is to elevate awareness of type one diabetes, to raise funds to find a cure and to inspire those with diabetes to thrive. They have all kinds of great programs and services. And you can find out more about them at touchedbytype1.org. At contournext.com forward slash juicebox, as soon as it comes up at that website, I not a lot of English show for it, but at contournext.com forward slash juicebox, you're going to find right at the top of the page, a photograph of Arden's blood glucose meter. 
I know it's hard to get excited about a blood glucose meter, right? But this one is inexpensive. It uses strips that work incredibly well and have second chance testing. So if you touch the blood drop but don't quite get enough, you can go back in again and try again without wasting the test strip. But honestly, you know, we can talk about the portability of the meter, how bright the light is at night, the things that you are going to end up caring about. But what can't get lost in all of this is the accuracy. This thing just works, right? You're going to get a good, accurate blood glucose test with the Contour Next One blood glucose system. And if you want, there's even an app to help you make sense of all those numbers that goes to your Android or Apple phone. But if you don't want the app, it's okay. You can just use the meter. So with the app or without the app, you're going to be holding in your hand a blood glucose meter that's going to give you a number that you can feel confident about. And it's affordable. So if your insurance covers it, obviously that's easy. But there may be some of you who find that the cash price for the Contour Next One blood glucose meter is less than what you're paying for your other meter through your insurance. All this is well worth the five minutes it's going to take you to figure it out. Contournext.com forward slash juicebox. There are links in your show notes and links at juiceboxpodcast.com for this and all of the sponsors. I love this meter. It just works. It's easy. That's what you need. You need easy. You need works. This isn't rocket science. Life's tough enough. It doesn't need to be made tougher by having some old 10-year-old meter technology that's giving you a number that you can't trust. All right, that's it. We're going to get back to the show. Check out touchbytype1.org, contournext.com forward slash juicebox. You can fill your heart and upgrade your gear in just a few minutes with those links. Let's get back to Allison. We'll finish up Arden's meal bolus, which actually comes back around again. I have to talk to, um, I'll end up talking to Arden again a little later in the episode. Uh, we're going to make a small adjustment to that meal bolus, but you'll see as it's happening. Uh, anyway, this is, this conversation is really just getting going. I never say this inside of the ads for some reason, but thank you very much for supporting the sponsors of the juice box podcast. They really are the reason, um, in total honesty that I can keep the podcast going and free for you to listen to. And, um, when you, and when you click on the links, it helps. So thank you very much. Thanks for your support. And I hope I'm, you know, I hope I'm thanking you for your support by bringing you good quality advertising, not just, you know, not selling you a mattress or something like that. This is, this is, uh, this is stuff that you can use that I think most of you are going to find to be really valuable in your life. All right. That was just a little babbly right there, but here comes Allison. So let me think. Bagel, banana, cookies, grapes, cherries. She's going to eat the grapes and the cherries, the cookies. 20, 35. I bet you she eats half of the banana, 45. Why don't we do 55 carbs? People are like, he got the 45 and then just added 10 for no reason. You're right, I did. Um, <laughs> hold on a second. So I'm going to do, I'm going to have her do 50 carbs, but tell me if you eat 
everything. That seems good. I mean, that'll yeah. probably be fine. What am I going to do? <laughs> Arden is like my daughter in the sense that they eat the same thing every day. Yeah. It, it, I don't think she wants to, but every time I take her to the grocery store, so about once a month, mm-hmm. this is a parenting skill I have, which is I am I'm a hopeful person. It's funny because if you knew me personally, you'd be like, I think Scott's not a hopeful person. I think he's like really <laughs> cynical, but I'm super yeah. hopeful, right? I always think that people are going to do the best they can. Um, and and I'm, I try things over and over again when they prove out wrong. doesn't matter. I'm like, this is right. I should do this. So my kids, I take shopping with me once a month. And I'm like, walk around the store, find anything you want to try, I'll buy it. And every time they buy the same stuff, <laughs> they never try anything new. Um, and it never works. So I, it's not that Arden's repetitive because I'm like, look, these are the five things I buy. It's just she won't try something new at lunchtime but at any other point in her life she'll mostly try anything she's no real aversion to any food but when you say take it to school it somehow changes things for her she's like i just want these things again it's habit and also i tell my daughter i say look at what the other kids are eating in your class is there anything that you like do you want to steal anyone else's lunch ideas Mm -hmm. anyone snacks ideas go for it no, it's okay. We made my son meatballs for years, wouldn't touch them. One day, he's at his cousin's house. They have meatballs. He was probably pressured into eating them. He comes home. He goes, hey, you know what I like? Meatballs. My wife almost killed him. Like, I thought she was going to, like, throw him out of a door. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's like, wait, you, we, we've been throwing meatballs away for six years. You, you, I have you know? to say, though, that's good peer pressure. Yeah, right? That's Not like all. when peer pressure works. Well. <laughs> that could be the title of this episode. When peer pressure works. Um so, okay, so back to the social media idea, right? People, mm-hmm. um, you know, they see something and they just say to themselves, well, this is the answer. This was my first thought about this. And so this right. is the answer. And that's just not how things work. So, um, you know, so you see a lot of times that happen. Don't share your graphs. It makes people feel bad. Well, I happen to get to talk to more people than just my own thoughts. And what sure. I hear overwhelming from people is hear, seeing someone do well is hopeful. It's not, it doesn't beat you up. It doesn't listen. It's not great. It's not a great feeling to see like, oh, wow, there are people doing this and I'm not. If you choose to see it that way, what you should choose to see is that's possible. And I say that on this show a lot. You see somebody doing better than you at anything. You should think, oh, that's possible. Don't be jealous of them. Be excited that that's a thing that happens. And, you know, I, it's not that a person with a flatter graph than you or a lower graph than you is lucky. They don't have a better kind of diabetes than you do. You, you know, like they just, no. they know something you don't know. Find out what that thing is. And, yes, and, absolutely. Let it inspire you. And rip them off. Just like the idea of the lunches. Boy, this is really coming together. You would think I planned this. Um, Full circle. <laughs> seriously. It's one of my like, tiny superpowers talking and making <laughs> things connect. I don't know how it happens. Um, but that's impressive. Thank you. And another one of my superpowers is to get people to say nice things about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously. Um, so I don't believe in that. I don't believe in don't share your graph. I believe in share your graph, show people, look, look at how well this is going and then say, I don't know how the heck I did this or here's how I did this or you know, but don't don't just throw it out there and be like, I'm better at this and you go to hell. Like, that's not the point, right? The point is to be, you know, an example for someone else. 
And anyone who sees that example and right away wants to erase it from the world, I don't trust them. Like, I, I don't, I don't like that idea. Um, there's so much fear. Like, so now people are afraid of their insulin causing them issues with their blood sugar. And now we're going to make them afraid of good examples. Like, why don't we just, why don't we just drag them into a dark room and starve them to death? Like, what's the point of, say, what's the like point of being alive? Them, you know, it's like putting them in a blindfold. Yeah. Yeah. Take yeah. them out to pasture. They're done already. Like it didn't work out for you on the first day. So give up. Like that's Not how it. it feels to me. And so we're mm -hmm. so busy protecting perceived ideas of what people's feelings are that we don't bother trying or reaching. And I don't get that. So, and I, and I don't want to be redactive, reductive, reductive. Yeah. Redactive would be like, if I got a piece yeah, of paper no. and I blacked out something, I don't want to be reductive. <laughs> right. Where did mm -hmm. I get redactive from? I don't know. Probably all the news in the world. Anyway, uh, yeah. I, I don't want to be I don't want to be reductive because there are some people who have anxiety issues. And I'm going to assume that those things are harder for them. But this week's episode of the podcast, which by the time you hear Allison, maybe, you know, last year, uh, was like episode 293 or 294 with Megan, right? And yes. Megan talked about her anxiety, but she also said in that episode she found it hopeful that other people were doing well. So don't put your BS on other people and decide what they get to look at and what they don't get to look at. And don't go out into the public and, you know, and be nasty to people. Don't, don't just run around going, I'm doing better than you. Nah, 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 nah. But, you know, I don't know. I just, I feel very strongly about this. I don't like when people dumb down this space. Uh, and it happens more often than it should, I think. Yeah, and I think there's also another sort of layer to it um, when you're talking about the fear. And I think that's fear as a parent, which I'm sure you experienced with Arden, especially when she was younger. Mm -hmm. um, I think people, as ben, once Benny was diagnosed and as he, as, as the days started to pile up, um, you know, we're 10 months in now. And there are days that we don't think about diabetes all day long. Yeah, of course. We don't. We, I don't look at him and I don't think diabetes. I look at him and he's Benny and he's funny and he has this amazing personality. And he's growing into this, he's still little, but he's growing into a person. Mm -hmm. And I think some, it's so hard for some parents because they're so afraid to sort of snap out of that and see their kid as a kid with diabetes and sort of not the other way around. And I don't know how you feel about that, but well, I've seen it. On so many levels. Was there a time when you never thought this time would come? Oh, yeah. Okay. The first two months, mm -hmm. I would say the first two months, I was waiting him for him to sort of drop. Yeah. I remember bringing him to the playground. And, you know, my husband and I were really lucky because we actually knew a bunch of people who have had type 1 for a long time. And... You know, my husband went to high school, uh, elementary school and middle school and high school with um, a woman who now is an endocrinologist. She's had type one forever. Um, there's a uh, someone he works with who's had diabetes for a really long time, type one. And I also have a friend who has type one and they were super supportive in the beginning too, which I think really helped us sort of get our feet on the ground. Yeah, but look at that. You had all that that knowledge in those people and still you felt oh, like this absolutely. is never going to change, right? So so even with good examples around you in real life, 
it probably still wasn't enough to go, yeah, but th- this will be okay for me. You probably thought, oh, I'll be the exception. These people are all doing great. We're going to be terrible. Is that how you yeah. felt? Yeah. Because where do you get self-confidence I, from about a disease that you just found out about five seconds ago? Right. Right. All right, Allison. You're all wrapped up. You're all revved up now. I like this. We're moving. Oh, good. I'm yeah, glad. Yeah. Yeah. I feel. I love this. Okay. So, okay. I want to stay in this for another minute because- if you stop and think about who reaches out into the world for help, it's people who are more newly diagnosed, really struggling, or have mm-hmm. gotten information that they, they are at the point now where like, this can't be right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe there's something else going on here. Those are the three people I hear from the most. New and scared, not going well, starting to figure it out, blah, blah, blah. They get out into the world. So the internet's an interesting thing. And I've been around it long enough around diabetes to know that people come and they go. And that's hard to to hear, right? But I will interact with someone this month that I won't know six months from now, right? They'll just be gone. With any luck, they'll, you know, they won't need the Facebook page anymore, or they'll keep listening to the podcast, but they won't interact over social media. Like, however it ends up happening, that's got to be the goal, right? I have, right. I need to be comfortable enough thinking that the, the information that I'm putting in the world is valuable enough that new people will find it through the old people. But I, I can't be a person who says, let me keep putting out new information that keeps people scared and keeps them here. Yes. Right. Right. I'm, my, my, mm-hmm. my goal is not to raise my children and have them live with me for the rest of my life. I want them to go live their own lives. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll be sad when they leave, but I don't, I don't want to hold them back. And, and so that's the goal. And that's what happens for most people. There are very few people like me who stay behind to say, Hey, here's all the stuff I learned. I'm just going to stay here and keep telling it to you. And let's be honest. Why? Right? Like I was writing a blog, so I kept doing it. I saw it helping people. It felt good. I have kind of a caregiver's mentality. So that fit me. Um, then I found the podcasting and, I'm not lying to you. I enjoy talking to you. I enjoy talking to the other people who come on here. And and so this is something I like. It's not something I'm doing because I have an ad to, you know, to get out. It's not it's not because I have a bill to pay. It's because I enjoy it. And I think it's valuable. Um there are some people who are just doing it to make their money. Um there right. are there are some people who are doing it for ego. There are plenty of people who probably think I'm one of those people. You can think that if you want. Um, no, I don't think, that. well, I, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the people who think <laughs> that, and there are a couple and that's fine, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but, but you have to realize that this should be, I find these people who are starting one of these couple of fragile situations, show them what I know. Hopefully that's valuable to them and it helps them. And then they should go on and live their lives. Um, but if we treat those people with kid gloves when they show up, like they're fragile eggs and they can't handle hearing anything. Well, that's just going to keep them where they're at. And maybe some of them can't handle it, but that's not a good reason not to tell all the others who can handle it. And I don't know how to figure out who's who. So I'm not going to least common denominator to the things I'm putting into the world. That's how I've decided to handle it. Um, And it sounds like that was helpful to you. Am I right? Yeah, Absolutely. Being able to, well, first the Dexcom was 
was so super helpful. Once we got that and we actually saw what was going on, um, being but feeling like we were starting to take charge of diabetes versus diabetes running our li- our lives, mm-hmm. that, that's when things really started to settle, I think. Yeah. And it's just a little confidence, right, that you need somebody to give mm-hmm. you because where else are you going to get it from? And, mm-hmm. you know, some good information. Like you said, the CGM really helped you. Um, I, I have to say, like, you know, I, I feel like we can open, like, pull this curtain back for people. So I just did a talk on Sunday. Um, and, you know, I'm sort of, there's nowhere to be. You know, it's not one of the bigger talks. It was in a smaller, it was at a hospital for a group. So maybe yep. f- 50 people, right? In the bigger yeah. talks, I can hide somewhere else and just come out on the stage and be like, hey, Scott's here. And then talk about insulin and leave. But in those, I'm in the room. And so people are coming in. Now it's sort of like um, a wedding reception. Like, and I'm just like, hi, how are you? I'm like standing by the door, shaking hands with people. And um, this Sunday, you came up to me and you're like, I'm recording with you on Wednesday. And I was like, oh, you're Allison. And you probably were even like, he knew my name from the thing. It was just. Yes, I was. I was a little surprised. It's on my calendar, Allison. Let's let's. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and so, uh, I got to see. This is the second time I've done your group's talk. You weren't at the first one, were you? No. No. no okay. Because your kid wouldn't have even been, your your child was diagnosed. Benny was diagnosed like two months after I did that first talk there. So yeah. so I did this talk last January, twenty nineteen. And they asked me if I would come back. It's very cool because it's run by the CDEs who are in the department. And it's families that are, you know, coming to the hospital, a lot of adults. There were some of you guys who listened, who showed up. Um, and so I gave my little talk. I think we were there probably three hours, if I'm yep. yeah, probably yeah, right. Yeah, about that. Yep. yep. And, um, and then the next year, I thought, like, when they invited me back, I was like, it's just going to be the same people, but all right, like, I'll come. Yeah, even though I'm missing the football game, whatever, I'll do it. And uh, Right. But, but I got there, and really only about 10 of the 50 people were from holdovers from last year. That's so interesting. Yeah. And I was like, wow, these are all new people. And so you are in a unique situation to give me feedback. And I am going to ask for honest feedback now, because you can help me make my talks better. Are you up for that for a second? Sure. All right. So start with, because I, I, you know, let's, let's ease me into it. Start yeah. with, start with what you enjoyed. And even after listening to the podcast, what you found helpful, if there was anything. Okay. I'm going to edit so, out that pause so that, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I, no, because I'm trying to think of it as someone who has not walked. See, I had already listened to your podcast before. So a lot of the things that you were talking about, I hadn't known already. Okay. Well then um, let's just say, from listening to you. Let's ask this question then. Yeah. Does it work live or do you need the podcast? Like, do you, like, did, was there enough time? Well, I th- did I get I it out? What you said was really amazing. Um, it really struck me um, when you said something about, I'm not here to give you something like, uh, this is totally spitballing here, but you said something like, I'm not here to give you the intricacies of this. I'm here to give you the overarching ideas that I use, that I know work, that work for all of these other people. And 
I'm doing this so that you're interested enough and you see hope enough to go to the podcast and really listen and listen to what I have to say. And you brought home the ideas well enough and the ideas well enough. And the woman who I was sitting next to, mm-hmm. um, I hope she doesn't mind me talking about her, but she has had type one diabetes since she told me she was 21 months old. Wow. And I could see that she was really understanding what you were saying. Uh, and she had not really listened to your podcast. Mm-hmm. So she was sort of new to listening to you. And the things that she was, that you were saying, she was you know, nodding, saying, yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, they make sense. They're logical. And you use real world ideas and concepts to bring those things home. Right. Okay. Well, that's good. I, I, I'm happy to hear that I, because it's not enough time. It's obviously, I mean, the podcast is now 300 episodes long. In my opinion, you should just listen to all of them if you really want to get the feeling for what you need to be doing. But I obviously don't have 300 hours. So yeah, my, my thought is these are the main parts. Here's the yep. big idea. Here's an example of how it works. Can you, you know, just get them to the point where they're like, yeah, that does make sense to me. And then they're going to have to go home and find out more on their own. Like some people, it's amazing. Some people just from that talk, they leap right into it. That always fascinates me. Like, I'm like, wow, you really like added your own information to what I said. Like, you know, I mean, there must be some outside information that you added to this, but some people still struggle. There are some people who just walk out and they're just like, it doesn't make sense to me. And they might not never try it again. I didn't. So I'm asking you, like, do you see a better way having listened to the podcast and been at the talk? Is there something I could be doing that I'm not that you think might be valuable? It's also okay to say no, Scott, you're doing a perfect job, but I'm just, I'm really interested if you think so. No, because I think, I don't think there's anything. I think you've, I think you've perfected it in a way that is totally understandable for people. And here's why I say that. Because I think your biggest concept is you need the insulin and the food to be working at the same time, right? Really? Mm-hmm. That's that's what you need to know about diabetes. And they don't tell you that in the hospital. Right. Right? They don't tell you that. Well, they if they did, us. I wouldn't have a podcast. I mean, it really, exactly. it really is the whole thing. <laughs> Here's the truth, right? Here's how the podcast should go. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Make sure your right. insulin's working while your food's working. You know, so when the insulin's trying to pull you down and the food's trying to pull you up, they're kind of doing it at the same time. Okay, yep. thanks so much Bye. for coming. Nice <laughs> <laughs> You'll figure out the rest. Us, yeah, they told us. I mean, they told us when we left the hospital, they said, you know, after Benny eats, See how much he eats and give him his insulin. Mm-hmm. And here's the the calculation you use. And I remember I walked home and we had this huge stack of paper, these charts for what he ate and the carb counts and how to do the math. And I don't, you know, now I'm like you. I don't really, I don't really you know, I don't really carb count. Yeah. I can look at a plate and I say, hey, this is what I think based on what his blood sugar is right now, how much insulin he's going to need. Mm-hmm. And here's when I think he's going to need it. Yeah. I mean, you picked it up in 10 months, right? So it's, that's really cool. How did I do with the basil? Like, did you understand? 
was I clear about Basil? Because like talking about like. Oh, yeah. You know, one thing I thought that. Here we I'm go. I'm not sure if you said it, but. One, I got my pen. My I got my pen. Uh, you were saying a lot that Basil is the most important thing, mm-hmm. which is what I've found 100%. If we can tell on a day when Benjamin's Basil is off, that is Basil is off. Mm-hmm. His graph is crazy. Um, which doesn't happen very often, but with MDI, it's a little hard because sometimes, uh, you know, you get sort of one shot at it. And sometimes like if we don't hold it in long enough or we haven't pulled it out exactly the amount that he needs, Mm -hmm. his basil will be off for the day. Okay. Um, which is annoying. Uh, but one thing that you said on the podcast that you didn't say in the talk Mm -hmm. was that it's sort of the volume. Um, and that's how we look at it. Um, we sort of base our basil on what one, how fast his blood sugar tends to move up and down. So when our, our, so on the bad days, we get a lot of skyrocket up crash, skyrocket up crash. It doesn't happen often. Right. Um, but then also we can tell overnight how his basil is doing by sort of where it lands sort of the volume it lands at. So, if, you know, sometimes we get a good 100, 95, 90. Those are the, those are when his basil is on, that's when his basil is on point. Mm-hmm. So I'm not following the volume part though. Are you, you mean like an analogy about sound or do you mean about like liquid, like volume, like enough? No, I mean like sound. Okay. I mean like sound. So like I turning it up and down. I, I didn't say that. I felt like I did. Maybe you stopped listening. You might have been like swept May, up I with. The, I can't believe out. the guy from the podcast there is so exciting. Um, <laughs> my God! By the way, if you thought that, seek mental health. <laughs> you, you, you need a you need a psychiatrist. Uh, but I felt like. I, but I will make sure. I wrote it down. I will double make sure that I say it. Like so, that analogy works for you. The yes, idea of turn 100%. it up until it, and then bring it back down again. Okay. All right. Good. Thank you. Um, do I talk too fast? Well, you're from Jersey. You don't. You don't no. care. No, you, you yeah. Wouldn't. No, I can. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> you're just like whatever. I can hear anyone. Yeah. You, you can have six people talking at the same time. You'd be like, yeah, I get you. Yeah. I'm either uh, listening or I'm not. Yeah, right. So, um, how fat did I look? That's important to know. Was I doing okay? I mean, <laughs> I'm trying my hardest. You know what I mean? You, no, you look fat. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, 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 I seriously, uh, a week before I go to any speaking thing. I literally cut out carbohydrates. <laughs> I ate, <laughs> ate no carbs. And I tried to drain no all. No carbs, fingers crossed. I just drain all the liquid out of my body right before I go. To, like, when, like I get there in the morning, like, do you want to eat? I'm like, I feel like that would be a bad idea. <laughs> that was also a smaller room. Mm-hmm. So, um, so? So I'm sure you're like, no, I'm sure you're used to. And you were, you know, sort of on our, like you were saying, you're used to talking on a stage. You were sort of on our level. Yeah. So I could get, you did seem a little bit nervous at first, but yeah. then you got into it. Well, because I'm like, I, I don't like the angle you're looking at me from. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I'm like, oh, geez, I know how this must look. Uh, <laughs> it's also, I'll tell you the one thing where I, when I start where I probably don't look completely like set settled yet is that I'm not. So, right. so I don't know if you've ever spoken to a bunch of people with the, the intention of saying 10 things that are kind of complicated, but yeah. I would assume that most people have it down to some sort of a, I don't know. I just, I just stand up there 
And five seconds before I start talking, I think to myself, explain how insulin works to these people. And then I start talking. I don't think one of my talks has ever been the same. When I left there, I asked the CDs. Just interesting. We had a conversation at the end with the, I had with the three CDs, and I said, um, "How did I do? I didn't. It wasn't real repetitive from last year, right?" And the one was like, it, "It didn't seem anything like last year." And I was like, "Oh, good." And then at the same time, I was like, "Maybe that's not good." <laughs> how do I? How do I? Because I, I said the same stuff. I just didn't say it the same way. Um, sure. Because I just don't want it to become repetitive. Um, but it was funny. And you don't want it to sound scripted, too. Yeah, that to me, then it would get boring. And then if right, it's absolutely. boring, then you're not listening. And it then is you, boring. Yeah, because it was scripted, it would be boring. Oh my god! Well, it, talking about diabetes, it's not like I'm, I'm not telling you the no. story of the time that me and a hooker and an elephant, <laughs> you know, got in a plane and went to, you know. By the way, it wasn't a hooker or an elephant, but me and somebody and somebody got into a plane and did a thing. Um, okay. I get that. Okay, that's good. It's funny because at the end. I said, I'm sorry if I went really long. And they're like, no, this is this was fine. I was like, the truth is, and I said it to you a little bit earlier, in a perfect world, I'd go in and I'd go, look, get your basil right. Learn your pre-bowl is time. You know, try to stay flexible. Bump and nudge. You're probably going to use more insulin than you think. You're probably going to use more basil than you think. All right, I'm out of here. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like yes. in, in the end, that really is, that is what I'm there to say. Um, yeah. you know, and so I just, do you find stories helpful? Like, did you find like the boy, the boy in the Cheerios? Like, did you find that story interesting for thinking about how food impacts insulin instead of? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, good. All right. Good. All right. I'm doing fine then. What am I worried about? Yeah, no, I think, I think going off experience stories, it makes it relatable it's easier to listen to and you're still bringing home the key concepts. Yeah. So I really did think you did a good job. Thank you. Really good job. Was it weird that at no point did I show you a picture of Arden? Did you ever think maybe the guy doesn't have a daughter? He's making this all up. No, I just think she probably doesn't want you to show her picture. So you don't. Yeah. She's not up. She's not like, she's like, don't put my picture up there. I'm like, gotcha. Yeah. I I didn't even ask her. She was just like, I don't like, even though like the podcast, like the icons and the podcast and the, and everything, they were always pictures of her when she was really little, like three years old. And one day mm-hmm. she was like, I do not want to look like a baby on the internet. And I was like, gotcha. So we just <laughs> did away with them and, um, you know, went to something else. All right, cool. All right. So where do you go from here when your kid's only four and a half, you've had diabetes for 10 months? Like, are you, like, this is a long haul scenario for you, right? Like you're thinking about the next 20 years. Right. Maybe, maybe you can marry him off in his late twenties and get some girl to help him. Um, you know, but like, this seems like a, like, how do you plan for the long haul? Do you think about it? Are you more of a one day at a time person or what are your, like, what are your big ideas around, around Benny's diabetes? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I, I'm, I think I'm a little bit of both. I don't know how you have a long-term plan for diabetes. I'm just hoping one day within the next 20 years, he'll have some sort of weird robot part that just handles his diabetes for him. Uh, I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but we do the day-to-day. We really do do the day-to-day. Yeah. And is he so small right now? You, It's probably just about like, let me get him to school with a pump 
and like, I'll figure out how to get that done. And then we'll figure out the next piece. And I, I think that's, listen, I never know what anybody's going to say when I ask them a question, but I, I think that if you're spending time when your kid's four and a half worrying about what's going to happen when they're going to college, you have, um, you know, you have found a way to worry that probably isn't necessary. Um, you know what I mean? And, and so that's cool. I think it's day to day. And I think that what you said about, there are some days I don't think about diabetes. I think that's astonishing for 10 months in. Um, that's excellent. Actually. My main objective for having, um, a young kid with diabetes is for him to never feel like his diabetes is bigger than he is. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I think my, my goal ends up being the thing I end up worrying it, it when it works, it's the thing you worry about too. So my goal is for Arden not to feel like she has diabetes and, you know, as much as possible. And at the same time, there's times when you're like, can you just pay attention to that please? Because, (laughs) and, and, you know, so it's, it's weird. You, you put her in a scenario where she's just like, yo, this works. I'm good. Um, these are the things I do. These things do this. Everything's okay. Um, it really is more about the timing, the amount and the settings than it is about anything else. Um, I always like when I hear people, I saw somebody the other day who I think of as a real kind of icon in the space of people sharing diabetes information with other people. Mm-hmm. And this person's talking about being burned out and I'm only watching from afar, whatever they're willing to share online. Obviously I'm not, you right, know, not, in, not in their house, you know, but I get that, like just not wanting to do it or just, you know, rather doing something else or being so busy that it's not, it doesn't come first. All that stuff I completely understand. But as I see them, I think, is it just like, are you just, are your settings wrong? Are you just like, like, why is it that much trouble to begin with? That's how I feel about it too. Right. That's That's the thing I I can't understand. And I want to understand. And, and I, you know, I don't reach out. I don't know the person well enough to do something like that, but but that's what I keep thinking because there's days I don't want to deal with. It. I've seen there's days where Arden's like, "You have to be kidding me! We're changing this pump today." You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, eh, "It's been three mm-hmm. days," you know, and um, and 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 it's just a look on her face like I've got homework and I don't want to, and you know, like all that stuff. But it's a couple of minutes. It's the pump. It's filled. The pump goes on. You push the button. It's over. You keep going. Like it literally is five minutes. And yeah. it, like start to finish. And it, when your kids are younger, it takes longer. But trust me, as they get older, I could. Let's just say this. I think if you could give me a, a tray that things stuck to, I could ride a bicycle and fill an Omnipod <laughs> and, <laughs> and stick it on myself. Right. Like, it's just it's super simple to do. Um, same thing with the CGM, like boom, boom, boom. It's like, you know, take, Absolutely. Th- yeah. I try to look at it. Sorry to cut you off, but I no. try to look at it as just annoying things you have to do during the day. There are a lot of annoying things that I have to do that we all have to do. Mm-hmm. Well, you're married, so you have a different perspective. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that is true. But I, uh, you know, I was like you. I mean, when you were at, when you were at the talk, you were talking about like missing height. I was the same way. I was the same way with school. Okay. Um, and and like that was an it was annoying to me to go to school. I'm not saying diabetes is the same thing, but I'm just saying life is a series of like really annoying things. And so, you know, Benny's Dexcom is out tomorrow, and we're gonna have to change it. It's not his favorite, but bam, 
we change it. This is the situation. We just try and move on <laughs> because there's nothing we can do about it. So it's funny. So I grew up really broke, like super broke. And mm-hmm. so there are plenty of things that I just think of as tasks, right? Like they, they need to get done and they get done and you do them because there's no other option. You can't buy your way out of them. You can't get somebody else to do them for you. Um, you know, that right. stuff. Like I've, I've just always grown up that way. Like just put your head down and do it. Um, but at the same time, I think that if you want to know one of the reasons I feel like I'm successful with helping my daughter with diabetes, it's because I see my to-do list as very fluid. And so when I make a list of things in my mind or on a piece of paper or on my phone that I need to get done both today, this week, this month, this year, those things just, they they are constantly reordering themselves. You know what I mean? Like, I don't write the list down and now go, I have to now. I did the first thing. And now the fifth thing is yelling at me, but I have to do two, three, and four before <laughs> I get to five. Like, my brain does not work like that. I'm like, all right, five is ringing. Yeah, me neither. F- five now goes to one. And and so now I do five. And I think you'll find as you go along that there are some things in life that you would be nice to get done. But if they don't get done, eh, it's not really the end of the world. And, you know, pay your bills on time. You know, that stuff, make sure there's food in the house, that stuff. But, you know, you're really meant to, I don't know, sew a hole in a pair of pants you have and it doesn't get done. <laughs> eh, it doesn't get done. You, you, you know, like, like you, you can't make do yourself you do mental. That? Do you sew holes in pants? No, you don't sew holes in pants. You sew holes closed. Oh, so I'm yeah, just sorry, kidding. You know no, me. no, I didn't. I, I was joking. You didn't have to apologize. Um, will I stitch up some clothing if I like it enough and I don't want it to keep ripping? Sure. I've been a stay-at-home dad for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I clean toilets, take out the garbage, clean the floors, uh, do the yep. dishes. I, I the, the other day, I'm mumbling to myself and Arden goes, what are you saying? And I said, I'm saying, <laughs> I said, I'm saying, Wash the pan, make the pan dirty. Wash the pan, make the pan dirty. Wash the pan, make the pan dirty. <laughs> she's like, you all right? And she's I'm, about to commit you? Yeah she's, yeah. she's like, you all right? I'm like, I've washed this pot four times today. Someone needs to stop eating for a while. Like one of you just <laughs> give up for a minute. Stop. Um, but my son's home from school. They all get up at different times. Oh, right, you know, break. Yeah, kind right. of stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Like. You know, but I'm not washing the pot thinking about, oh, the thing that's 10th on my list, I've pushed down three times. And I, I don't get mental about that stuff. Um, and I so I do that with diabetes, too. There's what's important. It's like nice to haves and need to haves. So then I take care of the needs as the needs turn from nice to need. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then sometimes nothing needs to be done. And that's when you relax and coast. Right. I mean, is that not life? Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know. Good moments, bad moments, annoying moments. Right. And and here's one for you. If you want to get a little deeper. Sure. Every day is not going to be terrific. No. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like if you wake up every day going, this day better be terrific. Like I better be happy and smiling. I'm not saying like I'm walking around, like dragging myself around thinking like, oh, I just need to find a window to toss myself out of. But I'm just saying like some days aren't super exciting. You said something earlier that I thought was very mature and like indicative of a parent and a a married person. You said something like the day started piling up. And I thought that is interesting. If you've been alive for a while, you realize there are a lot of days and you you know what I mean? And that they're not all going to get to be 
you know, they're not all the day you went to Rockefeller Center, went skating, saw the, you know, saw the saw the girls kick for the Christmas show and then got your picture taken in front of the <laughs> cathedral and then bumped into Jeremy Irons like that. You know, that's by the way, that actually happened with me one day, which is where all that wow, just came from. That whole day happened to you. Yeah. Jeremy Irons was right in New York and he was shopping at Christmas and I was like, scar. Oh. Right. <laughs> right. Like, oh my God, you're Scar. And then and so we just everybody looked at him. We were like, yo, Jeremy Irons. And he was like, hello. And then we just walked away. We were like, God damn. Ooh, I would have made him sing. I would have made him sing. It was back before cell phone cameras. So you were just like, it's the guy from The Lion King and other films. Um, and then right now people are like, Jeremy Irons is from this, not The Lion King. But And he definitely has the better version of Be Prepared. A hundred percent. Of course. First of all. And secondly, number one, super skinny guy. Really? <laughs> I, I found myself thinking, could I just break Jeremy Irons in half if I needed to? Probably. That would definitely be a story. Man. That would be a day. <laughs> Went to the Christmas show, ice skating, saw the tree, broke Jeremy Irons in half for no reason, just because he looked brittle. <laughs> no, but, but my point is that every day can't <laughs> be that day. Y- no. You know what I mean? Like, and so... With diabetes, every day can't be the day you don't think about diabetes. It doesn't make the day you have to think about it some horrible, depressing slog. Right. It's just that's such a huge thing. Right. Yeah, it's such a huge thing. I don't know. Be hopeful. That's sort yeah. of how it seems to me. And the rest of it kind of comes together. Um Okay, so uh you didn't say, but when do you have a pump in mind for Benny when you try to get him on a pump? Yeah, we're definitely gonna put him on the Omnipod. We're definitely going to put them on Omnipod. No ads on this show. Just no. <laughs> just go to the links. You'll be all set. No, um, I, I, I'm a fan, obviously. And they're, they're sponsors because we have such a good time using the Omnipod for so long. It, it just, it's consistent. It's a, it's a workhorse in our life, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't let you down and it does what it's supposed to do. It does it the way you expect it to do it. It does it without tubing. Boom. Um, I find it, you know, for little kids or adults, doesn't matter to me. Like, I find like when you say something about something and you're like, oh, it's great for kids because of this, then people like suddenly think, well, it's not good for other people then. But that's not the case. Like that thing, I just love it. I think it's terrific. Um, do you, th- has he seen it yet? Have you? He has. So he is not a big fan of putting on the Dexcom. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been partially why we have sort of held off on the pump. He doesn't really want to be wearing something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where we're at right now cool. about it. Uh, but, you know, it's it's all like getting into the the routine of things. Yeah. And and you're doing well with MBI. It's not like you, you're not pressured to move. You can do it no. when, you, when, you, when you're comfortable doing it. How... Um, how are, th- do you mind sharing what does success look like? What are your goals, you know, day to day and A1C to A1C? So his first, when he was diagnosed, he was, di- we caught it really early. So he was maybe seven something when he was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, we, with the honeymooning and stuff like that, we were able to bring it down to four, four, seven, two times. And then his last endo appointment, which was last month, he was five, six. I think that's very respectable. Yeah. 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 So we do the best we can at school. It's a little, now that he's been in school since September, that time 
is harder because he's not with me. Mm-hmm. Um, although he has a great team at school. His, his, the nurse is great. His teachers are great. Um, they follow the Dexcom. They're really vigilant, although they don't, and they don't shelter him, which is, is sort of what, what I really asked of them. Sort of like, just treat him like every other kid. He's fine, but also make sure you're looking at his Dexcom. Yeah. You know, I realized that you say that to people, they don't really, some of them don't really hear it. Like they do, they pretend they are, but I, I'm just going to, it's my hope, but you know, Arden's in high school. She's a sophomore. She doesn't look like, you know, she, she looks mm-hmm. like every other kid. And there are two drop-off points in the front of Arden's high school. One that's right at the door, like a loop that takes you right to the front door. And there's a loop that kind of takes you to the top side of the parking lot where you would let your kid out and they would probably go about on a 30 cent, 30 second walk to get to the front door. And, um, they re kind of like moved around how the traffic went. And I, one of the principals said to me one day, Hey, I, you know, I just moved the traffic around. You should try the top drop off, like in, in inferring the drop off that takes the 30 second walk <laughs> and then says totally seriously and with concern in his voice and his face, she can walk that right. And I was like, I almost for a second was like, what in the heck are you even asking me? You, you know? <laughs> and then I realized what he was saying. He was like, I know she has diabetes. Can she make that walk? And I thought, oh, you don't understand that at all, do you? Like, you have no you have grasp no of this whatsoever. And I was like, and it's not important that he does. I just went, yeah, no problem. And he went, okay, great. Give it a try then. I was like, we certainly will. And, <laughs> but I was just, yeah. I drove away. I was like, huh. There's something I never would have known had they not fixed the traffic pattern in front of the school and he wanted to say that to me. Um, but he he sees her as different, even if he doesn't say it out loud. Right. And I think that's probably fair. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't know anything about diabetes. And, and what he really meant was, like, I don't want to put her in a situation that she's not okay with. Um, like, he wasn't being like, you know, your busted up kid can walk, right? Like that's, he was just like, you know, oh, I made this suggestion to you and now I realize maybe, maybe I shouldn't have. And he was just trying to figure it out. There was no malice. You know what I mean? It was a perfectly. Right. It was innocent. Completely. Completely innocent. Um, But I just think sometimes people really expect other people to completely understand everything. And I'm like, I don't even completely understand this stuff in my life. And, you know, I've used this analogy in the past. If you started telling me, if you got on here and started telling me about your disease that wasn't diabetes, I'd have no idea what I was I talking about. Yeah. yeah, I'd just be like, wow, that's amazing. Um, I might I might speak to you about it more um, carefully because I know, you know, how people have spoken to us. Oh, hold on. Arden's back. Excuse me one second. Sure. It didn't eat the chips or the cookies. Oh, look at me. Um, but she, that means she ate the bagel. Uh, then I want a bolus more. How many more? How many more? How many more? Nine, 18, uh, three more units. Okay. Um, what you don't know is while we've been talking for the last five or 10 minutes, I've been typing, hello, what did you eat? <laughs> hello, what have did you she eaten? Do the, did she do the can't talk right now? I, I said, I, I, she answered me finally when I said killing dot me dot. Then I got what? Oh, I didn't eat the chips or the cookies. So I just sent back bolus, you know, three more units. 
Um, yeah. Hello, hello. It wasn't the no. Oh, I told you guys that at the thing. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know if I ever say that here. Uh, when if I call Arden, it's not when I text. If I give up and call to get the ring to kind of get her attention, because she's not ignoring me on purpose, she's just not hearing it. Um, yeah, she's just busy. The minute her phone rings, she, you know, for those of you who have an iPhone, she swipes up on the thing and hits like, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. So it sends <laughs> me, it stops the phone from ringing and then sends me a text that says, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. That's my, that's supposed to be my clue that, all right, I'm paying attention now. What do you want? Uh, but this was texting. I've just been texting her. Hello. Hello. Um, sometimes I text her name one letter at a time. <laughs> that seems to piss her off in case you're wondering. <laughs> A. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. R. <laughs> D. She's like, what? Stop but, it. But it opens me up. If I don't see her text, oh, my gosh. Then I start getting S, C, O. And she doesn't stop. <laughs> she hammers them out really quickly. So even once you're answering, you're like, stop, I'm here. And they, they just keep coming. And you're like, oh. Because how old is she? She's 15. 15? Yeah. Yeah. She's so get- she can text with her eyes closed? Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Sometimes she's talking and Upside texting, down. and I'm like, that's fascinating. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm getting there, by the way. Like, can you do it a little bit? Can you text without looking? Yeah. Yeah, I can, too. I can start imagining, like, oh, the J's over here. I'll just move in that direction. Yeah. All right, Allison. You had topics I really liked, which meant I spoke more. So I feel bad about that. But did we no. did we not do any of the things that you were hoping to talk about? No, I really think we covered. I think we covered everything. Really touched what I wanted to what I wanted to bring home to people. Okay, so you let me down on one point. At sure. no point in the podcast did you use the word jet, so that I could make the title of this episode Benny and the Jets. And the j- yeah, <laughs> so does Benny like so planes, you just Allison? Do it again? <laughs> How's Benny with planes? Does he like them at all? Um, Just say Benny likes jets. Yes, he loves jets. So I thought so. Okay, thank you. Of course. Jesus, Allison, get on board. (laughs) (laughs) Just hold my hand. I'll get there eventually. Say the kid likes planes for God's sakes. Make this easier on me. No, um, I'm totally calling it Benny the Jets no matter what. (laughs) Oh, 100%. I didn't even think about that, but. Do you know? In my mind, what I think is people say it's called Benny and the Jets. Then the entire time they're listening, they're like, when is this going to be about planes? Like, I, I, and I, where is the song? Yeah, right. And are they going to sing? Is this about Elton John? What's going on? It, so that you all know, I... All right, ready? You want me to be a little mm-hmm. honest? I named the yeah. podcast episodes. First of all, they're vague for, for a reason. Like, because if I said to you right now... Allison, what did we talk about today? Is there a way for you to put that into a sentence? Absolutely not. Not, right. And I think we hit three or four, maybe five important ideas about diabetes. If I start listing them, then it feels like medicine, right? Today's show is about, you know, the internet and share, like, if you told me that, I'd be like, like, oh my God, why don't I just bang my head into this door instead of listen to that, right? Um, If I say... Allison's the mom of a four-year-old with type 1 diabetes. And everybody who's a, an adult will go, ah, it's not for me. But that wouldn't be true either. Right? And so I just pick something out from the episode that tickled me. And I make that the title. The title almost never has anything to do with the episode. But it's just the hook. The devious part of me thinks, you know, 
if the thing in the title comes in the last 45 minutes, I could probably make sure you listen to the whole episode <laughs> for those people who are paying attention to that. I'm, I'm, I'm like a mastermind. I feel like you just let us in on a big secret. Do you feel like you're going to look back now at some of the titles and be like, oh my God, that's true. This episode wasn't about that at all. It's just what they said in the last 10 <laughs> minutes. And then I got to that and I was like, oh, I might as well keep listening now. <laughs> because... Because I'm not interesting enough to hold you for an hour. I don't. That's not true. I don't think that at all. No, I think. <laughs> I think I'm incredibly interesting. How else would I make a pie? Who else would have? Listen, it's like being like president, right? If you it's don't like being Oprah. How how is it like being Oprah? I'm interested. Go ahead. Because Oprah is Oprah because Oprah believes in herself, and Oprah thinks she's great. And look at her. All right. Well, if you have a second, this podcast is going to go longer. Are you good? Yeah. All right. 100%. So we're having this conversation last night um, with someone in Arizona. I'm I'm in talks to do a to go out to Arizona in May of 2020. Um, I think it's going to happen. So if you're in the Arizona area, I think it's like May 2nd or May 3rd or something like that. But there'll be more details when it gets hammered down. So when someone reaches out to me and they want me to speak, you know, the first thing they're really interested in is listening to me speak. So some people hear the podcast, they know what they're getting. They're just like, we want you to come out, like, just come. But some people are like, hey, we had a colleague tell us about you, or there have been so many people who have, you know, from our, our group that keep asking for you to come. And let me be honest with you, I don't know who you are. So, you know, we get on the phone and it's my job to sell them the idea of me, I guess, right? Sure. And so I kind of have to say, look, here's where I came from. Here's my ideas. Here's how I'm going to talk to the people when I get there. This is my goal for them. Um, you know, I kind of lay it out for them. But at the same time, you're being engaging while you're talking because you want them to think, oh, I've had a good time on this phone call. I bet you he'll do the same thing when he gets here. So there's a whole lot of that going on. And... um I had that call last night for Arizona while I was coming home from somewhere. So I was driving and we got along so well on the call. I thought that at the end I said, I'm so sorry. Like I, I sold you pretty hard. I really want to come out there. Um, and she said, why do you want to come to Arizona so badly? I said, well, I've been there before. I'm getting a lot of people asking me to come back, but the JDRF doesn't, they don't repeat speakers one year after the next. Like, so I'm, I'm not coming next this year for that group. And I still would like to be in the area. So I was like, I was, I was, I was trying really hard. I want to, I want to come out. And, um, I said, it's a weird thing to talk to you about this because I have to project to you confidence in what I'm saying, confidence in my ability to come out there and reach your audience without sounding like I love myself. And I, you know, and I don't, but at the same time, I do have a lot of confidence in my ability to come do the things I just told you I was going to do. Um, and so it's a weird line to walk. You don't know when you're sure. walking it if you're on the wrong side of it or not. And sometimes you can be on the right side of it for some people and on the wrong side of it for other people, which... It's everyone's perception. Right, right. I Sure. If you don't hear sarcasm well, um, we didn't grow up around it, I could, I could totally see listening to this podcast and thinking, that guy, Scott, is a jerk. Like I would, but you don't feel like I'm a jerk, but you grew up around here where people are generally sarcastic with each other for, yeah. for no real reason. 
And um, people are actual jerks, and I'm still not bothered. Right. Yeah, you're so. like, that guy's an ass, but nice guy. And just, yeah, fine. <laughs> right, right, right. And so um, so you're talking to people in other parts of the country, and you're sort of like, I don't know how I'm coming off right now. I can only be myself, and it, it'll it'll be what it is. But it's a really – now, here's the other side of it. I've spoken at a lot of things, and I'm not always speaking 24-7 while I'm there. You know, I do a lot more than most people. Like, I don't just come in and do an hour. I do sometimes three or four separate hour-long talks. And in some situations, I'll do one block like I did with you guys on Sunday of, like, three hours. But um, but so I have some time to move around and listen to other people. And some people are so engaging and delightful. And I'm like, oh, they do it so much different than me, but this is so much fun and, you know, interesting. There are some people, like you walk into the room and you start listening and you think, how do I get out of here? Like, like I, I, I got to get out of here, you know, like painful. Yeah. And, and, you know, don't have any courage of the, you know, the, you know, like, I don't even know. There are some of them, maybe they get frozen in headlights or something like that. I don't know. But there's some of them, I think to myself, why would they have offered themselves up for this even? Like this would be like if I showed up, you know, um, you know, at the at the Sixers game tomorrow night. And I was like, I could play center for you guys tonight. They were like, really? We need a center. And I'm like, absolutely. And then I got out there and realized I was, you know, 5'9 and uh, 50 years old. Yeah, and, it's right. like the bad people that try out for American Idol. Sort of like that. Like, you're just like, why are you here? Like, why did you think this was a thing you do? It's not, <laughs> you, you know, or, but then there's sometimes they're done and they're so pleased. And I was like, oh, wow, this is interesting. So I talk, yeah. so I talk to the people who put these things on. And sometimes I ask, like, how frequently do you have someone in and you're just like, woof, we missed on this one. And they're like, every year, every year, there's oh, yeah. someone where you're like, how did, who, who told us this person was good for this? Y- y- you know? Um, and it's sad. Like it, it hurts because I'm going to tell you right now, if I do have ego around something, I don't want to show up at something and speak to an empty room. Like that would crush me. I'd be like, oh God, there's no one in here. I'm going to fake a broken leg and uh, and you know, get back on the plane. Um, but I saw a person one time speak to three people in a room that held 150 people. And I felt terrible for them. Like I didn't. I don't think I would be able to do that. <laughs> you know, like what would you do? Like, right? Like, hi. I don't know. Everyone. Why don't we. <laughs> When we introduce ourselves, I guess, like I wouldn't know where to go from there. I just, I'm telling you, if that ever happens to me, you'll hear the next thing you'll hear from people. Scott got sick and he had to leave. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like confidence, genuine confidence comes from, from three places. One, your ability to fake it, right? Mm -hmm. You have to have like some sort of ability to like really be able to put on a show, fake it, smile, act like you know what you're talking about. And I guess that's, I guess maybe two. And then really listening to other people, right? So if someone is like, it's like you asked me, you said, how did I do in my talk, right? Because you are genuinely curious. I am. Because you're going to take what I say and you're going to use it next time. Right. If I said, Scott, you sucked. You'd be like, oh, okay. I would say why. I would say, tell me why. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, being, compl- not that I wasn't being serious before, but I was being a little flippant at one point, but being completely serious um, I am confident with the information that I'm giving, right? That I think if you listen to the podcast, you'll know, I won't answer questions. I don't think I, that I don't have an answer to. I don't, I don't pretend to know something I don't know, but the things I do know, I'm confident that I know. And it's the confidence comes from writing about it for eight years, 
talking about it for five years, having all these conversations with all you guys and the people that I have these conversations privately with, like that's practice. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's that, that I'm confident about. Um, I'm an experience. Yes. I don't, I never feel good about how I feel like I look like I, I'm like, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I wish I was six, two and, you know, (laughs) you know, more handsome and dashing like, but I'm over that. Like, I don't care that I don't look like that. Um, that doesn't bother me anymore, but it did in the beginning. It was hard in the beginning. I was like, I stood up there and I thought, Oh, I don't look the way I, I think a person doing this should look. Um, but that it turns out not to be a problem. And I was able to work through that, but you're, you're right. It's not even the faking it part. It's the faking it to yourself. Like you have to yeah. believe you belong there saying it. Yes. That's really the, like, you're not faking the information. You're faking that it no. should be you because no one has that confidence that it should be them. You know, like what? What do they call that imposter syndrome? We all feel like we're imposters in our lives, right? Like, like they're yeah. Must- you put it in a really good way. Yeah. You really managed to say what I was trying to say. And so, and that's the other thing that I know I do. Like, I know that I say complicated things simply. Um, you know, and and so, I but I've seen that throughout my life. It isn't, I didn't just decide yesterday that it would work and take advantage of it and go like, oh, I'll speak at your thing because you asked me to, like. I didn't speak at something until I was confident that I could do it until I had practiced at other places. I didn't just wander in somewhere and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. let me tell you all about this topic. And by the way, some of the topics aren't topics here. You, if you know what, if you're, if you have a podcast of your own and you're still listening, you deserve to know this. You know, the problem with your podcast is that you try to make one episode about a topic. No topic yep. eats up an hour. That's pompous. Okay, you don't know enough about a thing to fill an hour about it. Do you know what I mean? Like you're not you're not a lecturing like. And by the way, how bad is that in college when they get up and lecture for two hours? Like, yeah, oof, exactly. So so one of the problems with podcasts is some of them try to pick a topic and talk about it the entire time, and there's no like, it's just there's nothing's that interesting. You know? And also it doesn't allow for the fluidness of conversation. Right. Or the idea that you might say something I didn't expect you to say. You, you know what I mean? Like, And that's why I don't like to talk to people beforehand because I asked you a question earlier and I was like, oh, I like the way this answer went. But you could have answered the opposite and I would, and that would have started a different conversation. And, mm-hmm. you know, then I don't know. It just, it makes sense to me. Um, but I don't know. Like some of them, you're just like, my God, like, all right. 45 minutes later i get it <laughs> swear to god I'll, I'll i'll recycle leave me alone <laughs> i'm sorry i'll do it please please stop talking about that are you trying please to beat me into talking. submission here like is that what's going on the even when i had the idea to bring jenny in and do pro tips i was like today we're going to talk about one idea they're still conversational around the one idea there it's not Part one, part two, part three, this step one, two, three, four. I just don't. I mean, maybe there are people who can talk about talk like that, but it's not me, you know. So Right. But also those episodes that you have with, with Jenny, the shorter one, mm-hmm. they're not an hour. Yeah, they're, they're usually pretty, not that long. Right. Yeah. You talk about the thing, you're done talking about the thing. And we're done. Yeah. And then I, you're done. They don't keep beating the they don't keep beating it. You know, I'm just like, oh, this, this horse is dead. Let's move on. Uh, you know, this is how you pre-ball us. Now, like, let's get out of here. Um, right. now, now I, I appreciate that. I really do. I have to admit, like, I'm, this is the sixth season of the, sh- of the show and sixth year. 
I, I complained in an episode recently about podcasts that are like have eight episodes. I'm like, that was season one. I'm like, no, that, that what? All right. Um, you know, like, but, but I've been doing this like a really long time. I feel as comfortable now as I ever have. Um, I feel like the, the shows are getting deeper. Um, yeah. and, but not in a bad or boring way. Uh, and I really do enjoy doing it. Like you'll know when I stop enjoying it cause I'll stop doing it. Um, but I just, I have a, I really love this. And again, I haven't said this in a while, but the super secret of the podcast is not that secret is that these conversations really help me help my daughter. And then that in turn helps me talk about it on the podcast. So it, it it's sort of a very uncommon thing that's everybody's giving to it and everybody's getting from it, which you don't, right, you don't see sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. It's very cool. It's like the ripple. It's the ripple. Yeah. That's no, hundred percent. It's wonderful. You people like you come on and you open up about your life and you know, everybody grows along with the idea. So I love it. I'm, I'm very happy you did this. I appreciate you. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm holding you up now. I appreciate you coming on. And, uh, no, of course I was so happy to come on. I'm, I'm I really appreciate that. I really do. It was very nice to meet you. I know while I was talking, um, on Sunday, I said to Allison, I was like, this is disconcerting because you look just like your avatar picture. <laughs> <laughs> and and it really did th- and then you were like oh good you mean my facebook picture whatever my you know what i mean picture. is that what is that, isn't that what aren't facebook see what do you gotta make me look old for they used to be called avatars okay like your little picture of yourself on wherever you are i'm not sure I, I'm, it might be called that i just i don't think i've ever heard it yeah. no that. you're trying to make me feel old that's fine and now you've just insulted all the other old people who are listening just saying so you know. <laughs> sorry no no but you look just sorry, like sorry. Yeah, yeah yeah you look just like literally like there was part of me that at first, like, so here's how it went through my head. I was like, did she like dress like her photo online? So I would know who she was. Like, that was my first thing. Then I just realized it's your glasses and dark hair. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? That like, that I was just like, it's just very recognizable. Um, and I just looked at you on Facebook to have this conversation. So now this, this episode is going to go three more minutes. Are you from Red Bank? Yeah. Uh, I was born in Riverview. I love Red Bank. Because of Kevin yeah, Smith. That's so nice there. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. why. That's 100% why. That's how I found that town. Like, like it's 20, so nice yeah, there. 20 years ago, I was like, yo, you guys know Kevin Smith opened a comic book store in Red Bank? Like, and we like, you know, we're like, we're going. And here's the thing people who don't live in New Jersey don't realize. You can drive across New Jersey in like 45 minutes. Yeah. No, it's. Right? Yeah, it's. No, it's not bad. It's not bad. There's a part of central New Jersey where you basically can go from the entire western part of New Jersey to the to the shore in literally like an hour. Um, and so when, the first time we got in the car, we're like, oh, it's going to be a trek, you know. And then an hour later, we were there. We're like, oh, that went quick. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And then there was Kevin Smith's comic book store. And I'm so happy you said central Jersey. Yeah. Oh, isn't because that something? there is like a huge thing where... Some people say Central Jersey does not exist, but I always say that I grew up in Central Jersey. Right. People in so people in the Trenton Princeton area are considered mm-hmm. South Jersey to anybody north of them. As if Yes, the, I consider that South. Right. As if the South the southern part of New Jersey doesn't exist. But there's a southern part down below Philadelphia. That's that's South Jersey. And yeah, so this is cent- this is not a difficult thing. You look at it, and the middle is the central part, and the north is the north. Part. Right. But everybody gets that wrong. Everybody's always like, "You live in South Jersey." I'm like, "No, I, I live in Central New Jersey." 
like Jersey, everyone has an opinion about it. It's so Jersey. <laughs> to, to disagree about something so simple that they really can't be so disagreed about. So inane. Yeah. So what is it that the real Southern part of New Jersey people think of as Pennsylvania? They think of it more as Philadelphia, right? Do you think? Yeah, I just think of Wawa. Wawa. And I think. We have Wawa's guys- now here. They're everywhere. There's one in Red Bank. There is one in Red Bank. I know. I've it's, been to it. It's ten- really? Of course I so have. You were 10 minutes from my house growing up. You never knew it. I went to Kevin Smith's film festivals at that in that little theater right there in Red Bank. Count Basie? Yeah, at the, at the Count Basie Theater. I've been to the Count Basie Theater a half a dozen times in my life, always to see Kevin Smith's movies. That's so funny. And you're saying you grew up like 10 minutes from there. Yep. And now here we are. All right. Now, no here one, Allison does not live in. I don't live there anymore. Red Bank anymore. Don't go looking for your weirdos. So don't try and find me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not there. No. Now, one of you out there right <laughs> now is like dark hair and glasses. <laughs> Red Bank, you say? Just pull yourself together. Turn yourself into the cops if you're thinking that, all right? <laughs> don't worry. I'm pretty sure they'll find about a... I don't know. More than one Allison? <laughs> <laughs> More than one Allison with dark hair and glasses in Red Bank. All right. Leave Allison's alone, for God's sake. All right, Allison. I'm going <laughs> to say goodbye. Hey, huge thanks to Allison for coming on and talking about her life and Benny's type 1 diabetes and bringing up so many great topics. Thank you also to Touched by Type 1. And the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Go to contournext.com forward slash juicebox and touchedbytype1.org to support today's sponsors. There are links to all of the sponsors right there in the show notes of your podcast player and at juiceboxpodcast.com.